starting a new series on the book of First John, and uh, we'll be in the first four verses this morning, and I trust that God will use the Word to bless your heart. He sure has blessed me in the study of this, and I hope that you will grasp a, a greater understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ, His grace and His mercy, and want to serve Him more and more because of it. Verse 1 of chapter 1, 1 John, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye may also have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Father, bless the reading of your word. I pray you'd fill me with your spirit, that you'd enable me to teach and preach this message. And God, that you would just move in our midst, and it would bring you honor and glory. And Lord, if there's someone under the sound of my voice that is not saved, may they hear the gospel this morning and believe and be saved. Lord, we need you. I need your power. And I'm asking you to fill me with your spirit. Enable me to do this. Lord, I cannot do it without you. I pray in Jesus' name and amen. Thank you. you may be seated, church. I want to ask you to imagine a world where they place knowledge above virtue. I'd like to ask you to imagine a world where scriptures were viewed as non-literal and believed to be only understood by a select few. I want you to imagine a world where men teach that evil preceded God. I want you to imagine a time and a place where men taught that in the incarnation of Jesus Christ was incredible and it was improbable. It could not happen. And so therefore, it did not happen. And uh, a place where, a time where men taught that there was no such thing as the resurrection. Well, you have just stepped into, if you can imagine that, the, the world that the, the epistle, or apostle John writing to these people that he called his children, he's writing to a world that had that kind of idea. It's called Gnosticism. And it was a religion that was running rampant. And it has resurfaced and repackaged today. Today, the scriptures are marginalized, uh, even in some churches. I've heard a woman who is a prominent speaker uh, say this, and she has a great following, and perhaps many of you in here listen to her. She said, well, really, <clears throat> you only have to believe the red letters because that's what Jesus spoke. And then so there are many other things that go on like that. It is, is happening on a daily basis in church. People are telling you, well, you can't really take the Scriptures as literal. You're supposed to spiritualize them. That's what they mean. But listen to me. This is the world that John brings us into. And this is the world we're into today. So it's very apropos that we have a message like this. We come to this book and John is going to lay out this wonderful argument in the defense of the gospel, but he also writes this book about fellowship. And he chooses a very odd and interesting way to start the book. He starts with a word called that. As far as I know, as I went through all the scriptures, no other book in the Bible starts with that. That is there for a reason. 
That is important. And if you get that right, you're going to get everything else right. So that is extremely important. And so what we're going to talk about this morning is that. Because if you don't get that right, then you're really going to be messed up. So that is what we're going to talk about this morning. Look in verse 1 with me. That, now notice what he says about that, which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. It is very clear, if you look at the Scripture and let the Scripture speak for itself, that that is not an inanimate object. That is not a concept. That is not a big idea. That is something tangible. That is something that can be seen. That is something that can be heard. That is something that has been handled by their hands. And that is extremely important. Do you know what that is? That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what it's all about. It's not the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. That's not what it's all about. It's about that. And so we come to this and we see that that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the end of the phrase. The Word of Life is Jesus. That he is referring to is Jesus. John, very strategically, under the whole inspiration of the Holy Ghost, He begins the book with that. And that's why it's so important. It's that. Notice in verse 2. For the life was manifested and we have seen it. That was revealed to us. That was revealed to us. How was it revealed to us? How do we know anything about this? We bear witness of it and we show unto you eternal life. And that which was the thought was with the Father was manifested unto us. He says that is extremely important. Now, I went through the scriptures quickly and looked at the books of the Bible to see how many of them started with the, book, the word that, and there's none. The only one even close to it would be uh, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. The very first word in the book of Hebrews is God. God. So John makes it very clear to us that he is going to go all the way back to the beginning and he is going to talk about that because that is what matters. That, if you get that right, then you'll understand the whole book of John. If you don't get that right, then you're going to have a mess of the book of John. That is the key to understanding everything in the book of 1 John. So, let's look and see what that says. Notice what he says about that. Look here, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that we also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Notice what he says here. That was in the beginning. It was from the beginning. If you go all the way back to the beginning of time, God, Jesus Christ was already there. There's no beginning to Him. Some people have the erroneous view that Jesus came into existence when He was born on this earth. That is not true. We find that 
in the very beginning in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Let us, plural, make man in our own image. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus has always been because Jesus is God. That is very important. It's very important. Notice what else he says. We've heard. We know, history teaches us, that John heard Jesus Christ speak. We know that he was there when Jesus taught the masses, when he healed the sick and raised the dead. He saw him, and no doubt, it was John who laid his head in the bosom of Jesus when they were reclining at the table. He handled him with his hands. I'm telling you this. It is of utmost importance that we understand that that is Jesus. It's not a concept. It's not a good versus evil thing. It is the God of all creation, the Lord Jesus Christ, revealed to us from the beginning. So John starts off with that. That was life. Notice what else he says here in verse 2. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and we bear witness to it. John is telling us that we have seen it. John is an eyewitness to it. But it that so affected him that he had to tell everyone about that. He says, I have to declare it unto you. Because that was so spectacular that I had to share it. He was an eyewitness. He became a testifier. He gave his testimony. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. If God is going to let us know Him, He has to reveal Himself to us. And John says, that is exactly what happened. That's what happened. John is an eyewitness to this. Look at verse 3 as we go through this. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you... Why? That you also may have fellowship with us. Do you know what the key John is saying to having fellowship with believers? That. You can't fellowship with a believer if you're not a believer. If you don't have that, then you can't fellowship with them. As a matter of fact, you can't have fellowship with the Father unless you have that. If you don't have that, you can't fellowship with the Father. That is extremely important. If you don't have that, you have nothing. That's why it's important to have that. That's why we preach that. That's why we encourage you to make sure you know you have that. So he goes on to say, And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now watch this. And verse 4, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Do you want to know how you have joy? That. You cannot have your joy full unless you have that. Now, hang with me just for a moment. This is going to be short today. Y'all going to get out here on time and y'all be saying amen. You've been trying to get out here on time early and long time. But let me just go through the, real quickly, give you an overview of the book of 1 John. In chapter 1, the way to walk in the light is that. The only way you and I can walk in the light is that. There's no darkness in Him. And so we have to walk in light. In chapter 1, the way to be forgiven of sins is that. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We confess He's faithful and just. It's that. In chapter 2, our advocate with the Father is that. 
He is the one that advocates on it. Do you know that when the devil makes an accusation against you to the Father, that the Son stands up and says it's covered under the blood? He is our advocate. He argues on our behalf of His shed blood. In chapter 2, the way to overcome the evil one is that. So many people think they're so mighty and spiritual themselves. I hear people preaching all the time. Well, if I saw the devil over there, I'd walk over and put my foot... You saw the devil, you'd wet your pants. You've never seen evil like the devil. Matter of fact, (laughs) Michael, the archangel, didn't even make a railing accusation against him. He said, but the Lord rebuke you. We got all these people that act all high. The only way you overcome is that. You remember that uh, in John chapter 15, when we studied, I am the vine, you are the branch. Without me, ye can do nothing. You can't do anything without that. In chapter 2, the way to protect you from the ones who would seduce you is that. And, and may I just put a little, insert a little foot, we'll get into that and talk about that. There are people who want to seduce you. There are people who want to pull you away from Christianity. And the way to keep that from happening is that. In chapter 3, the way to keep from uh, committing sin is that. You can't have fellowship with Jesus and walk in in sin. In chapter 4, protection against false teachers is that. In chapter 5, our security and our assurance comes from that. If your assurance is in your ability to keep yourself saved, you'll never have assurance. But if your assurance is in that, you're solid as a rock. It's all about that. Why did John begin with that? Because it's all about that. Nothing else matters. That, nothing but that matters. If I could do one thing, and only one thing, I would point as many people I could to that. If there was only one message I could have, I would want to preach that. If there was one person I could tell you about that would change your life and help you, it would be that. Do you know that? Are you trusting in that? Is that everything to you? Are you growing closer to that every day? You can never have joy without that. You can never have meaningful relationships without that. Can I just say that, but we'll get here. And this this is all we're going to cover all this in in the book of 1 John. But let me just say this. Your inability to get along with people is an indicator of your relationship with the Lord. That is just symptoms of the problem. It's our relation. Our relationship with people is an indicator of our relationship to God. And if you are not good and you're not in your, you're not where you need to be in your relationship with that, you'll never have good relationships here. You can never have spiritual growth without that. You can never walk in the light without that. You can never have security without that. You can never have assurance without that. That is what matters. Our churches have moved from that. We're trying to be popular. We're trying to make people like us. We want people to follow us and we want to have big buildings and we want to have a big following and a presence and all such as that. And guys, I'm telling you, we're suffering because we've moved away from that. Our churches are not better because we've moved away from that. When we come to church, I shouldn't be preeminent. The deacons shouldn't be preeminent. You shouldn't be preeminent. Jesus should be preeminent. That should be preeminent. 
It's all about that. And we make it, people make it about everything that it should not be about. Listen, the closer you are to that, the more you'll sing. You say, preacher, I can't sing. Do you think God judges on your ability to sing? He gave you your voice. Maybe He gave you your voice to keep you from being arrogant and cocky. Such is the case in my life. I'm just telling you. You can never... Guys, listen to me. You think about this honestly. The people you know, the people you know that walk with the Lord and are a joy to be around and they're just, they're just full of Jesus, you know that they know that. You know they know that. And guys, I'm telling you this. Our world's coming crashing down. We're not, we, we're not just moving forward to days of evil one day at a time. We're multiplying toward that day. Things are happening in the last year that we would have never, ever, ever thought would have happened. Things that when I was a kid, preachers preached about, I thought, these guys are crazy. I need to apologize to them. A lot of them are in heaven now. But I need to apologize because they were spot on. And it all comes from subtly moving away from that. You come to church with an agenda, you've moved away from that. If you come to church red hot for that, and you come to church focused on that, what matters, and you're excited about that, man, you ain't going to pay attention to all the other stuff going on. You start nitpicking the people and start bashing people, you've moved away from that. By the way, I, <laughs> we're, we're, going, we're studying the book of Exodus, and then I'm reading in Numbers. And they were crying and complaining about flesh, and you know we had all this good fish in Egypt and everything. And God said, all right. You're going, to have, you're going to have meat, flesh coming out of your eyeballs. You're going to be sick of it. And then they complained about it. And a lot of them died because they were constant complainers. I don't know, but wouldn't that be terrible if you had a, a conversation at the pearly gate you know, with someone? You know, hey, what are you doing here? Well, I, you know, I died. <laughs> How'd you die? Well, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I was complaining and whoo, gone. You know, wish I wouldn't have done that. That wouldn't be very glamorous, you know. This guy went out in a blaze of glory and you're standing beside him. What are you in here for? Well, died uh, uh, from complaining. Listen, you can never have assurance without that. You can never have joy. Why is it our Christians are so devoid of joy? I'm not making light of it. I believe it's real and I'm not at all making a joke of it. But the rates of depression are just as high in the church as they are in the world. Why is it? Because we've moved away from that. Why, why are our homes and our, our families struggling so much? And the divorce, of rate, uh, the divorce rate is just as high in the church as it is in the world. I'll tell you why we've moved away from that. We've moved away from that. John says this, that. He starts the book with it. He says that. He's talking about Jesus. We've seen Him. We've heard Him. We're declaring Him unto you that everything you need is in that. And if you get that, everything is going to be great. Everything is going to be wonderful. No, it's not going to be easy. Yes, you're going to struggle. But it will be worth it all. So I ask you this morning, do you know that? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? That He refers to is Jesus. 
And he tells us that Jesus Christ is the key to everything. It's all that matters. Jesus is all that matters. We get that right. Everything else falls into place. We get that right. And God does something incredible in us. Is your life about that? You might be saved in here. And you might be even serving. But my question is to you, have you totally, fully, and completely surrendered your life to Him? Have you come to the end of yourself and realized that without that, I can't do it. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of of going through the motions. I need to just fall down before Christ and give it all to Him. You'll never have full joy until we do that. I say we do that. Not just you. All of us. We've got to come to the place that that is all that matters. The world shocks me. We'll do any kind of... We'll go to no no extremes, or no spare no extremes, I should say, for for a a little bit of experience of fun. People paid $6,000 for Super Bowl tickets. $6,000! I ain't going to pay 30 bucks to go watch those big crybabies play. $6,000 for ticket for an experience that lasts a couple hours. And talk about the time we had. Oh, what a glorious time. That's not fun. Standing in line for the bathroom is not fun. $8 for a hot dog, that's not fun. Thank you, brother. We'll, we'll, we'll spend all kinds of money to have a little experience in our lives when the Bible says you can have full joy. And it's free. It's a gift of God. All you've got to do is lay it down. All you've got to do is come to that. All you've got to do is come to that conclusion that, hey, Jesus is better than anything. The writer of Hebrews says there's a better sacrifice. One preacher was preaching the other day and he said, I know it's not good grammar, but it sure makes good sense. A more better sacrifice. More better for... (laughs) Listen, Jesus is everything. He's everything. And He wants us to walk in fellowship with Him. He wants us to know that real living comes when we're in constant communication with Jesus, when we're walking and the Holy Spirit's guiding our steps. And Jesus is everything to us. Then we're living. That's fun. Our kids are growing up. They need to see that that matters to us. They need to see that we're surrendered to that. They need to see that our, we're not just playing church. In church, we're just acting all spiritual in a home. We act like the devil. No, we're, we're, we're sold out to that. The hymn writer said, Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. The closer we are to that cross, the closer we are to Jesus. The closer we are to each other. The closer we are to just full joy. Full joy. Anybody here waste time? I think I have a 
PhD in wasting time. When I was a kid, my dad used to say, son, you spend more time trying to get out of work than just doing work and getting it done. Anybody else? And I'll say that about other people now. I, I picked it up. But listen, how much time have we wasted that could have been used to cultivate our relationship with that? How much of our resources could we have just gotten rid of so we don't have to fool with them? We always kind of take care of stuff and we got all this stuff and it takes all of our attention and it always bogs us down and something's always breaking down and we're always fretting over it. What if we just said, okay, I'm done with that. Let's go with this. I want that. I want that. I want to be close to Jesus. I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus. I want to be like Enoch. I want to walk with Him to where one day, man, He just says, come on, just come home with me. Let's go. It's that. John said, we've seen Him. We've heard Him. He's from the beginning. That was from the beginning. What problem is too big for Him? He was there in the beginning. He created everything. It's that. That matters. All that matters is Jesus Christ. That, in the phrase, in the, in, the, in the study there, in the Scriptures, is referring to Jesus Christ. The Word of life. Eternal life. That. How are you with that? How close are you to that? Does that really matter to you? Maybe you're here and you say, I've never been saved, Pastor. I've never trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Listen, look up here for just a moment. Heaven is real and hell is real. And hell was not, you read the Scriptures, hell was not prepared for people. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. And all those who reject the free gift of salvation, they go there. Because they reject the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the provision on the cross. You don't have to go there. You can turn this morning from your sin to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, believing in what He did and what He did on the cross, and you can have eternal life, everlasting life, and then you will have security in that. You can have that today. You say, preacher, man, I've really messed up and I don't know for sure if I'm still saved. Listen, you're saved because that is not contingent upon you being good. That is based on His promise to save you and His shed blood and finished work on the cross of Calvary. That's what it's about. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never been to that, let me encourage you to come today and we will share with you from the Scriptures how you can know that. Are you ready to move towards that? I don't know where you are in your relationship with the Lord. But church, I know this. We need a red hot church. We need some men and women who will stand up boldly for the kingdom of God. Stand up in this day, in this age, it's getting more and more hostile towards Christianity. And declare, I'm with that. I believe that. I know that. I'm with Him. I want to grow closer to that because I want that to matter to me more than anything else. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you today that that is what it's all about.
Would you bow with me, please, for prayer? I'm going to ask you to stand, please. Our heads are bowed.